time that the words of my mouth, the meditations of my heart, the hearing and understanding of those present would be acceptable in your sight now and forevermore. Amen. I want to just give a little bit of warning before I get started right now. The message today is going to make some of you angry. And that's okay. I hope. <laughs> now hopefully we recognize the fact that as, as Christians, our religion is something that's called a, something that we will refer to as a missionary religion. That means part of our job as Christians is to go into the world, whatever part of the world that may be, and tell people about God, tell people about Jesus, tell people that Jesus died on the cross to forgive your sins, tell people that God loves them. We understand this, right? And it's, it's I know it's not an easy thing to do. And there's a lot of us who, who well, it's, it's not really our career to do this kind of thing. But as, as you think of me as a jailhouse chaplain, does anybody have the idea that I'm walking around the jail winning souls to Christ? Because that's not my job. That would be great if it was, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it be great if you just had somebody to go into this place where people are at their lowest and tell them about the love of God? Tell them about the love of Jesus. I'm not allowed to do that. Does that surprise anybody? It's, it's frustrating. It is frustrating. Now, when I was involved in the Kairos prison ministry down at SCI Green, an opening came up for the chaplain down there. This was probably 10 years ago, maybe. Something like that. And I thought, oh, that would be a good job for me because I've, I've got this heart for these guys. I have a heart for these guys in the, in the prison, and this would give me an opportunity to go in full-time and minister to these guys. And I talked to the chaplain there about the things that, uh, the responsibilities of the chaplain, and I thought, you know what? I can't do those things. I can't do those things. Now, the responsibilities that I have, basically, where I am, they, they kind of fall into a lot of, a lot of different areas. Um, some of them you would think, you know, why does, why does the chaplain do that? For example, reading glasses. If you're in jail and you need reading glasses, you call the chaplain. There's one of the chaplains who goes around on Mondays to people who need reading glasses, gives them a little cursory eye test, and gives them a pair of reading glasses if they need them. That's weird, but that's, that's one of the things we do. But we, we get these requests, and I've, I've mentioned before, a lot, of the, a lot of the requests that I do coming from the outside, I'll get a call saying, Tell so-and-so that his grandma loves him. Have him call his mom. 
I had a call not too long ago. It was just, just go tell so-and-so that his grandma loves him and Jesus loves him and everything's going to be fine. But I had a request from a, an inmate the other day as I was making my rounds going through one of the areas. There was a, a young man who said to me, hey, can you, can you get me some religious tracts to hand out to the other prisoners? Because I know a lot of these guys need Jesus. I don't have any. I can't. I can't do that. You'll, you'll just have to tell them. He said, well, can you help me with that? I said, well, next time I'm in here, stop me, ask me for some tips, ask me for some advice. But I can't go cell to cell with you talking to people. I don't get to do that. I had a request the other day, actually last week, from someone. Hey, I'm interested in becoming a Buddhist. Can you help me out? Unfortunately, yes. I have to do that. So I sent him some information that we have about Buddhism like a little beginner's guide and an envelope and a form for him to fill out and send off to some correspondence school for Buddhists down in Texas. We have lots of uplifting Christian material to hand out and we do distribute lots of uplifting, you know, good uplifting Christian material. We do. But not everybody's a Christian. You see, we live, in a, we live in a country with religious freedom. So we're allowed to practice the religion we want to. We're allowed to believe whatever thing it is that we want to. I guess pretty much as long as it doesn't involve hurting people. There was a young man I encountered a couple weeks ago. He was making my rounds and he came up to me and he said, he said, you're the new chaplain, right? And I said, yeah. He says, he said, I, I need help with something. You're probably not going to help me. You're not going to want to help me. But I need help. I'm not being allowed to practice my faith here. I said, well, what exactly is your faith? He said, I'm a practitioner of Haitian voodoo. And I'm not allowed to practice here. I, I said, why? What's what's happening that they're not letting you do that? He says, well, for example, um, I've got some prayer beads uh, that were taken from me when I was brought in. And they sent them to my family. My family has tried to send them back to me. 
They won't let me have them here. He said, I've been, in, I've been in touch with the ACLU, and they won't help me. That should have been my first flag. If the ACLU is not going to help you practice your religious freedom, then what am I going to do? I said, well, I will look into it. But a lot of what we, everything that we have is provided from somebody from the outside. I said, have you, been in, in, have you been in contact with a community that practices this stuff, that maybe they can send you some information, they can send you literature, they can provide you any of this information? And he said, no, I really haven't, but I should probably do that. Well, it turns out that these beads he's looking for are really big and can be used as a weapon. So they're not allowed in the prison. They're going to let you practice your religion as long as, you, as long as you're not going to hurt somebody or yourself. There's a big box in the chapel office of rosaries. And we often get requests from people when they just come in, if they're Catholic, they would like a rosary. We get them a rosary. But these are very special because they break away. If anybody grabs you, if you're wearing it around your neck and somebody grabs you by the rosary, it's going to break. Because they don't want anybody getting strangled with a rosary. That would be bad. So I told him, you know, I, I found this out. And I told him that. I said, I... I can probably get you some rosary beads if you want those. He's like, no, no, this, this thing of the prayer beads has been in my family. It's like, well, it, pre it presents a security issue, so they're not going to give them to you. And it turns out we, the chaplain previously, had once gotten in touch this this gentleman has been in more than once. The chaplain previously had gotten in touch with a local voodoo practitioner. Can you believe there's Haitian voodoo practitioners in Pittsburgh? Got in touch with them and said, hey, there's a, there's a gentleman here in the prison who wants you to come and, and do services, some kind of service for him. I don't really know that much about it, but... We want to make sure that his religious freedom is recognized and celebrated. Well, this guy said, no, I don't want to do that. He didn't want to come into the prison to help this guy out. There's not a lot we can do if that's the case. I'm not leading a voodoo ceremony just so we're clear. <laughs> we also actually, just before I started, I found out that he's, he's not there now. But a young man came in, into the jail, and immediately sent a uh, notice to the chaplain's office. I am a practicing Satanist. I want my Satanic Bible. 
and I want these things, and I want satanic worship services. So the chaplain went up and visited him, said, well, we don't have any of these things. Everything we get comes from donations from the community. Have you been in touch with your local satanic church to see if they would be interested in sending these things to you? He said, well, I don't, you know, I don't know the church around here. So the chaplain actually got in touch with a local satanic temple. I'm less surprised that there's a satanic temple in Pittsburgh than I am that there's a that there are Haitian voodoo practice, practice practitioners in, in Pittsburgh, but she got in touch with them and said, hey, we've got a guy in the jail here. Uh, he's a Satanist. He wants a satanic Bible. We will provide it. We will take it to him, but an outside source needs to provide it to us in order for us to get it to him. And the head of the local satanic church said, well, if he's in jail, we don't want anything to do with him. He's broken our tenants. He's not one of us anymore. Who knew the Satanists had such standards? It's... Yeah, we, we, there's nothing we can do. So as the chaplains, we continue, we, we, they kept looking in on this guy, checking in on him, making sure he was okay. He's not there anymore. He's gone. I don't know if he's been transferred or is out or what. But we do what we're able to do in a limited point. In Matthew chapter 16, verses 15 to 16, again, I get so excited I forget to read the scripture. Jesus said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. It's up to us as individuals, as, as Christians, to preach the gospel, to make sure that the people we know know about Jesus. And, and I know it's a difficult thing. I, I'm not expecting any of you folks to go out and stand on a street corner and, and yell the gospel at people. There are people, there are plenty of people doing that. There are people who have that calling to go out and reach out to people, to reach out to strangers, as, as many of them as they can. But for us, we begin in our families. We begin with the people that we know to make sure they know who Jesus is. 
If I was to get a call at the jail from somebody saying, tell so-and-so his grandma called and make sure he knows the gospel, sorry, grandma, that was your job. Or his parents' job. At this point, I can't do that. But if somebody comes to me in the jail as a Christian and says, hey, I, I want to know more, I can take care of that. If somebody comes to me in the jail and says, hey, tell me about your Jesus, I can do that because they asked. But I can't go cell to cell knocking on doors. I guess one of the good things is we're getting to we're getting to a point where things are opening up more. Things are opening up more in the world, and they're they're starting to open up now in the jail. Um, beginning tomorrow, they're going to be able to have recreation. The whole pod is going to be able to have recreation at the same time. Now it, it had been up to now that like half of the guys were allowed out of their cells at a time. And they could mix in the pod. They could walk around in a big circle. They could go in their little courtyard that has fresh air. The jail's built right next to the highway, so all the air coming in is car exhaust. But it's fresher air than they would get otherwise, I guess. But now, like, the whole group can come in. And that's going to open things up for us in the chaplaincy. Um, we're going to be allowed to start Bible studies. I'm excited about that. And I'm looking forward to some of the opportunities there because there might be some opportunities coming up for me to witness because, you know what, some of those guys are really bored. And they might be interested. I know with the... Kairos ministry. It was a group of us going in and we would, it was basically like an introduction to Christ. Uh, They called it a short course, a short course in Christianity. And there were some people there, everybody had to apply to be involved in that, so it wasn't like walking around and knocking on doors. Everybody had to apply and earn the privilege of being there. And a lot of the guys came in not being Christian. They came in because they were bored. They came in because they heard we handed out cookies. They heard because it was a chance to sit around and drink coffee all day. And they got the gospel. And a lot of those guys, not all of them, but a lot of them left with a faith that they didn't have before. And I'm hoping as Bible studies come up and I get an opportunity to go in on the pods and teach that maybe someone will be bored enough to come listen to me who otherwise wouldn't. There are people in your lives who will listen to you that won't listen to me 
That's part of the reason why it's everybody's responsibility as a Christian to make sure that the people in your lives know who Jesus is. That they understand your faith. They understand what you believe. How much better would the world be if everybody knew, at least knew, that God loved them, that God cared about them. It is our job as Christians to go out and spread that word. However we can, to whomever will listen. This program has been copyrighted under the Creative Commons Attributes Non-Commercial Share-Alike License. If you would like to contact Colin, please feel free to email colinroberts412 at gmail.com. go from this place, let us go seeking the lost and showing them the way. Amen.